welcome to the Thankful Homemaker Podcast, a podcast to be an encouragement and blessing to each other in the role God has called us to as women. I'm so thankful you stopped by, so grab yourself a coffee or tea and sit with me a bit as we talk about how God's Word impacts every area of our lives as Christian women. Hello, friend. I'm so thankful you're here with me today. I'm Marcy Farrell from Thankful Homemaker, and we're on podcast episode 70, and I'm working through a topic that's a challenging one to share with you. It's my abortion testimony. I shared it many years ago on my blog, and I had a radio interview on Haven Today with Charles Morris, but I've not shared it here yet on, um, on my podcast. So this year in our church at Sanctity of Life Sunday, my pastor asked me to share my testimony with our church family. And after sharing it publicly in my church, it helped me to feel a bit more equipped to share it here with you today. So I'm so thankful to be part of a church family who is very active at being a voice for the voiceless outside the abortion mills here in Milwaukee. My testimony comes from one who remembers, even though faintly, but what it was like to be unsaved and seeking an abortion, and now coming from the other side of being born again, a new creation in Christ, and understanding the beauty of forgiveness and redemption in Christ. So I'm just going to begin here. So This year, we're in 2020, we've entered into the 47th anniversary of Roe versus Wade. And since then, and this number is growing that I'm going to quote to you, but over 61 million abortions have been performed in the United States. Let that sink in again. Over 61 million babies have been murdered in the United States alone. On January 22, 1973, the United States Supreme Court ruled that a woman had a constitutional right to abort her baby. The case was titled Roe v. Wade, and it was named for the parties involved. Norma McCorvey was a woman who sought an abortion in Dallas County, Texas, but it was denied by the current district attorney at that time, who was Henry Wade. The court case started in Dallas and ended up in the Supreme Court. Norma McCorvey was listed anonymously as Jane Roe. So this battle we've come to know is now known as Roe versus Wade. We grieve not just on the anniversary of this awful law, but every day for the loss of those lives and millions more each year. But we also grieve with mothers and fathers and grandparents and others who are dealing with pain and loss and regret after an abortion. You see, I'm sharing here with you today because I'm one of those grieving mothers. When I was 18, I had an abortion. I was unmarried, I was living with relatives, and selfishly thought that a baby at this time would just add to the problems I already had. I was already leading a rebellious life. I was not living at home with my parents, so I couldn't even imagine sharing this with the family I was living with and just took matters into my own hands. That day was the ugliest of my life. It was painful 
and coming home after having the abortion and not being able to share what I had been through with anyone was difficult. I didn't tell anyone because I knew what I had done was wrong and shameful. I kept it hidden. There was much time spent alone in my room crying, and I, at that time, had no one to turn to, to talk to, or for help. And there hasn't been a day in my life that I don't think about that little baby whose life I took. I murdered that baby by my own choice, and that memory doesn't go away. I notice some people murder sounds like a harsh word, but what is it called when you take the life of another human being? It's murder. Psalm 127.3 declares, Children are a gift from the Lord. That little baby was a gift from the Lord to me. God's word tells us that we are created in his image and likeness. The value of every human being comes from the Lord, including those still in the womb. Jeremiah 1.5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. We are all created and designed by a wonderful God, and the same is true of every child in the womb. No one is a mistake, and no baby in the womb is an accident. You see, this is important. I wasn't the victim in this situation. The unborn baby whose life I chose to take was the victim. So several years later, I find myself in the same situation, pregnant and unmarried. I am not on a good path in my life at this time. But this time, I'm determined to keep this baby because I have not healed from the first pregnancy that I aborted. My heart and my mind were still wrestling with so much pain and guilt. I was sure that what I had done was unforgivable. So I share with the father of this now current baby that he doesn't have to marry me or help with the baby, but I'll take care of this little one on my own. But he wants to get married and raise this baby together. I have shared with him the story of my first abortion, and this man still wants to marry me. So now after 34, almost 34 years of marriage, actually this month in March on the 29th, we were married in 1986. I find myself so thankful to the Lord for my Douglas and truly grow in my love for this man more every day. God had a plan for our lives that we couldn't see at the time. We were both young and really not sure how things would work out. We had a quick and simple wedding ceremony and our daughter Amber made her arrival in September of 1986. Doug's parents were Christians, and we had heard the gospel a lot from his side of the family. And as I look back now, I can see the Lord drawing our family. I really had a desire to attend church, so I started visiting a small neighborhood church that wasn't a Bible-preaching church, so I wasn't even hearing the gospel. I just assumed I was going to heaven because I was a good person, and I attended church I didn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, but I love this part of the story because it involves meeting a woman who will always be dear to my heart. I met my friend Trina at a Curves exercise facility. We were taking our introductory class together and she invited me back to her home for coffee afterward. Trina loves to talk about Jesus and when she shared with me about the work of the Lord in her life, it made me know I was missing something. 
I was religious, but I didn't have a relationship with Jesus like Trina did. The kids and I went to church with Trina that Sunday. My Doug stayed home. And that afternoon back at home, I came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. The pastor that Sunday morning shared a clear gospel presentation, and I wrestled with what I heard all the way home in the car. For the first time, I realized that I was a sinner against a holy and righteous God, and I was destined for hell. I understood that God is perfect, and he's angry with sinners and will punish sin. But God also is rich in mercy, and he sent his perfect son, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, God's eternal son, born of a virgin, to die as a substitute and ransom for rebellious sinners like me. Jesus willingly died on the cross and took the punishment I deserve for my sin, that through repentance and faith in Jesus Christ alone for salvation, I was saved. What a glorious moment when my eyes were opened to the free gift of salvation through repentance and faith in Jesus. The Lord brought my dog to a saving faith soon after, and I cannot even express to you in a short amount of time the changes in our home. It was a celebration with Doug's family and with our new family of believers. So at this stage, I am now a believer, a young one, but I know truths like 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Or Romans 8.1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But I'm struggling here still. I'm still living with much guilt and regret. Doug was the only person currently in my life at that time who I told that I had an abortion. It's not something we regularly talked about. And as much as I desired to suppress it, it was a memory of my past that was never forgotten. And honestly, not a day passed that I didn't think about the life of that baby that I took. I knew I was forgiven by the Lord when I came to faith in Christ, but I still had to wrestle with the consequence of my choices. I hadn't shared it yet with my children, and when we initially came to faith in Christ, they were still pretty young. So I want to fast forward many years here. There was a burden on my heart to tell my children this difficult part of my past. This was not easy. And only our good, redeeming God can take the ugliness of our sinful past and work it for good in our lives. It ended up being a tender time to convey to them the gospel and how God sees us as his children and his great love and forgiveness for us found in Christ. But as I shared with them, I really felt drawn to share it more publicly because I knew there were other women even other Christian women dealing with this sinful part of their past. I shared it with Christian friends close to me and later on my public blog, and I cannot tell you how many friends and strangers reached out to me telling me they too had an abortion or somehow were involved with an abortion and never told anyone. Friends, this is a dark secret that many of us keep hidden because we don't know what to do with it. It's a shameful part of our past that's really hard to talk about. Um, I'm just being honest with you here. Fear of man sets in, how others will see us. And at times, knowing the truth that you're forgiven by God in Christ and holding to that truth by faith can be a really hard place at times. 
this sin is forgivable in Christ. The reminder always is Christ's sacrifice is sufficient for all our sins, past, present, and future. And still, I can share that when I brought that sin out into the light and confessed it and sought forgiveness for it, first specifically before the Lord, and then publicly confessed it before others, is for me when I was able to find true freedom. Our God is a redeeming God, and it tells us in Isaiah 61.1 that he sets the captives free through Jesus Christ. It was only in Christ that I could finally find true forgiveness and freedom. I should be punished for the sin of my abortion. I'm guilty of the murder of my own child, but I'm reminded I should also be punished for all my other sins, my sins of self-righteousness, selfishness, pride, anger, and the list goes on. But in Christ, I won't be punished for my sin because there is one with a capital O who took the penalty for all my sin. In Christ, justice has been served. I have spent time outside the doors of my local Planned Parenthood and wept for the choice those mothers are making to take the lives of their babies. I've shared the gospel with them and pleaded with them to choose life for their babies. I've had the blessing of seeing a mom choose life and being able to give her a baby shower and see her get married and add several more children to her family. Listen, I know the choice these women are making to abort their babies is sinful and selfish. And I also know from standing outside the door of those killing places that there can be such a hardness of heart and anger towards those desiring to point them to the gospel and expressing them them to the, the reality that they are choosing to murder their babies. I know many of them seem to have no regret of their choice. But I also know there may be some that truly have fear in their hearts and are thinking they have no choice and are without hope and they think they have nowhere to turn. There may be some who don't realize the hurt they're going to be dealing with in years to come because of the irreversible choice they are making right now. Without Christ, they are without hope. I know the feeling of living with fear and without hope. I also know the regret of the decision I made and how at times the guilt was so overwhelming. I only come before you here today forgiven and free because of the grace of God at work in my life. And I'm so thankful to be part of a church family who has the heart to reach out in front of the abortion mills here in Milwaukee because it is a matter of life and death. The task is challenging and hard and seemingly overwhelming at times, but we don't know the fruit it will bear, that those ministering outside these places of death may only get to see one day in heaven. I pray that these moms and dads and grandparents and death scorts and nurses and abortion doctors and all those who choose to take part in this terrible, sinful act our society grants as legal will see it what it is. It is the murder of another human being. I pray the truth of the gospel will penetrate their hearts, 
where the only true and lasting change can take place. Only in trusting in Jesus Christ alone for salvation will they ever find forgiveness and hope and healing and eternal life. So to my young women hearing this now, I plead with you to remember that all sin is destructive. The choices we make today can lead to bigger ones that can result in a lifetime of regret. So I pray we will not stop praying and calling out and telling others about what abortion really is. It is the killing of children. I pray the Lord will help us do this with love and humility as we always remember it is the gospel that ultimately changes hearts and minds. And I also pray for those of us who had have had an abortion or have been directly involved in an abortion that we will not be afraid to share with others who may need to hear our abortion testimony and the work of forgiveness and healing and hope the Lord has done in our lives. No sin is beyond the grace and forgiveness of our loving God. He sees our worst and still loves us. The greatest freedom is found in the forgiveness of Christ. Life is a gift and it is precious and the greatest gift is the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. My reminder always, friends, is Jesus is enough. I do have some more resources on abortion over at the blog, and I've linked to the original post where I first publicly shared about my abortion and also the radio interview on Haven Today. And I'm also going to link to my church's live stream from Facebook from the Sunday morning I shared with them. Um, You can find my blog over at thankfulhomemaker.com, and it will be linked in the show notes in the podcast too. And friends, if this podcast is a help and encouragement to you, please consider taking a moment and leaving a rating and review wherever you listen to the podcast. It helps others find it, and I so greatly appreciate the time you take to do that. I'm so grateful for you, friend. Thank you so much for your time today. 